Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. This is a non-judgmental place to explore spirituality, and we're so glad you're here. This is a viewer and listener supported podcast, so we greatly appreciate your support. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Be sure and like, share, and subscribe to any of the social media content platforms that you're using. And then if you go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, you can make a one-time donation or with a monthly subscription, you'll gain access to our bonus content. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. We're glad you're here today. We have Tori Campbell as our guest today. Tori is a business owner, artist, creator, choreographer, dancer, and former bartender. Yes. There you go. So uh, thank you, Tori, for joining us on Spirituality Adventures. Yeah, thanks for having me. Let's uh, let's jump into your story. Where, are you, where were you born? Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Uh, Kansas City, Missouri. I was born in Smithville, lived in Gladstone most of my life. Um, parents moved to, we moved to Riverside in my like middle school years and parents still live there. I live out south now in Raytown. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Bought my house in Raytona Beach. Raytown. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But a Northlander. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. What high school did you go to? I went to Oak Park High School. Okay. Yeah. I was a Park Hill guy, you know, like 30 years before you. So they didn't have Park Hill South yet. So it was right. just a Park Hill. Yeah. 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 No Park Hill South. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. yep. Played against them a lot. Yeah? Yes. Like, what did you do in your junior high, high school years? What were you into? Um, I played uh, in middle school. I played volleyball, basketball, and then I ran track. And then in high school, I played softball, basketball, and I ran track. Wow. Yeah. What did you do in track? I was a hurdler. Okay. A, a hurdler, and then in the Kansas meets, I did, like, the, the javelin because... They thought I could throw since I played softball. So they just threw me in that wow. event. Yeah. So say the sports again you did in high school. I did softball, basketball, and then I ran track. Man, an athlete. That was my life. All around. Yes. Yeah. Cool. But how about basketball? Tell me about basketball. That was my actually my favorite sport. Yeah. But I, like I was short and just not that good. Yeah and it kind of bummed me out because my dad was like a college basketball player you know mm -hmm. and i had a basketball in my hands since as young as i could remember and i still watch basketball with my dad like i still go to the nai tournament with him in town we we still watch we're big ku basketball fans mm -hmm. and you know i graduated from baylor mm -hmm. baylor won the national championship for the first time in 50 years just a year ago not this past one but the year before yeah you know? so yeah anyway basketball's a big thing for me yeah basketball I mean my family on my mom's side was all athletes um, yeah. my grandfather played basketball he won a national championship when he played um, so he taught me I started I mean softball was my number one because my mom put me in that first and then basketball was later but um, I picked up basketball real quick were you like 
point guard board. so i started i <laughs> i hit five nine in like middle school so they thought i was gonna oh, wow. be a giant um but i stopped growing at five nine so i was a post player and then when i got into high school they were like oh hey um because everybody was taller than me mm -hmm. uh i had to learn how to be a point guard and that was fun okay um but eventually kind of found my you know, I was point guard, and then when I got up to varsity, I was basically like a forward shooting guard. College, okay. I was a shooting guard. You played in college? Yeah, I played softball and basketball in college. Really? Mm -hmm. Where'd you go to college? I started at North Central Missouri College in Trenton. It was a two-year. Okay. Because I didn't, uh, I could have gone Division One, but I uh, didn't want to sit the bench. So mm. when they offered me a full ride to play two sports, I was like, I can play both. I was like, yes. So this was a, was this a D2 school? Um, it's like an AIA, it's like NAIA. a community, yeah, okay. like a smaller one. Okay. So my goal was, you know, go there, do really well there, and then yeah. kind of go to a division one after okay. that was the plan. Yeah. yeah. So how'd that turn out? Did not turn out the way <laughs> I thought it would. Yeah. Three weeks into my freshman season, I like blew out my knee and I'm a catcher. So I was a catcher, so that was really, detrimental to me and I did not handle it very well. Mm. So it kind of sent me in a nice downward spiral mm. after that. Yeah. Cause my whole life was sports. And then like, I get to the point where I've been wanting to go my whole life and, and basically then, it's like taken away man. from me. Oh God, that sucks. Yeah. It was not, it was not easy on me at 18 years old. So. I've had, multiple times in my life where an injury kept me so like um so i could have gone on track scholarships like to maryville and other places around here but i really wanted to go to baylor because of my my pastoral career track and baylor was a school i wanted to go to so mm -hmm. i didn't have a scholarship to baylor but I stayed active and running i was marathoning all the way through my 20s uh, or, or running, you know, some through my, tw and then um, I had a snow skiing accident, walked with a limp for two years, went through like three, four knee surgery, you know, mm -hmm. and I like kind of in, in a funk depression. And then my most recent one was this one, yeah. <laughs> this, this, uh, yeah. So I can relate to where like if, if something like that happens, it's like can put you into a downward spiral for sure. Oh yeah. It was not a good time in so, my life. <laughs> so did you end up finishing college or did that? Um, I didn't actually, I was holding on to the dream of, you know, playing all four years. And I was young enough at the time to get re-recruited, um, like to play in the summer and get re-recruited. And I went to UCM in Warrensburg and I played there for a season, um, still wasn't, I mean, I wasn't making the best choices for myself and like I was doing everything on the field. I wasn't taking care of my schoolwork and um, I ended up getting kicked off the team and came back home and went to Penn Valley and accidentally got noticed and got a basketball scholarship to Penn Valley. And then I played there for a year. Um, 
then followed a significant other to Topeka, Kansas, of all places. And we were living really close to the campus and I would see the softball team practicing and I walked onto the Washburn softball team and played for them. Really? <laughs> yeah. Are you you must be good, man. Just I that, I think that was the mm-hmm. I think that was the hardest part for me. Um, not only the emphasis put on because my mom they knew I was going to go to college on a scholarship, so mm-hmm. we put a lot of effort and time and money into the sport. I mean, mm-hmm. I was always traveling and playing and you know doing that sort of thing. So when that gets taken away and now all of a sudden I'm like, I thought I, I wanted to try out for the Olympic team in 2008 and yeah. I, blew my, I blew my knee out in 2007. Wow. So my mental capacity at that time was just all over the place. And you know, we're a family of drinkers and, and so like me turning to th- other things to cope, I just wasn't, um, finally at 22, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna be a professional athlete. So I should probably stop trying to waste money going to college right now and figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah, so did you, did in that period of time, did you have any faith background at all? Like from growing up to this this point where you were, you finally figured out you weren't gonna be an athlete. Was there any, Was did faith play a role at all? Did um, I had a really, um, I had a really bad experience because um, my mom always said, like, so when she was younger, she was forced to go to church, mm-hmm. and she didn't really like that. Um, she's from a small town though, so it was a very different dynamic. Um, I'm really thankful that she moved to Kansas City because I'm not a small town person. Um, but she wanted to, you know, her and my dad decided, you know, when I was in middle school, um, that they wanted to start going to church. And so I really enjoyed going to church because, um, you know, I'm I'm meeting new friends and, you know, we're going on Wednesday nights, like youth group, we're having fun, we're doing like the fun stuff and we're, you know, and I was really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so they have the FCA, you know, in, in high schools, mm-hmm. like you can be a part of the FCA. And I decided I wanted to get involved and they were looking for like leaders. And I was like, okay, well to be a leader, because I'm not afraid to lead a conversation or you know what I mean? I'm like, to be a leader, do you have to like know the Bible really well? And they were like, no, mm-hmm. you can pick your passage and you can, you know, we can talk about it. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the point. So I was so excited. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be a FCA leader. And I, I emailed my youth pastor and he emailed me back and he said, I'm not Christian enough to be a leader in that sort of space. And it really threw me off because I was just like, you know, aren't you supposed to be like, like, yeah, be more, you know, walk more in this way or, you know, I don't know, just, I just wasn't, it threw me off. And then I found out that because we were missing church on Sundays, even though we were coming on like Wednesdays and other days, we were missing church on Sundays because I had tournaments and the church was like coming down on my parents for that. Oh, wow. A lot of parents thought that that was wrong. And and I was like, who are you to tell, you know, it just didn't really. So we left because I was very upset actually at the reaction that I got from my youth pastor and then even more upset when I found out that they were like coming at my parents like that. So that um, kind of just turned me away from, I just felt very judged right. and I'm, you know, I don't think you have to go to church to have a faith. Yeah. So I'm, right. I've never really thought that. I mean, I do love the community, you know, but mm-hmm. I love any kind of community, any yeah. loving community. Um, 
I mean, I love that. Yeah. So that was what turned me away. So I really just, after that, I, you know, I'm not much of, I don't, I'm not much of a prayer. I believe that things happen for a reason. Um, you know, I, I believe that timing is a thing. I believe that there's, you know, like synchronicity. Yeah. Or I just think that, yeah, that. I'm very mm -hmm. much like, you know, things kind of happen, you know, you can obviously like change your projective, but you have to, you know, I just, yeah, I believe in those kind of things very yeah. much. Yeah. So there wasn't really at that time, you know, I, I was definitely dealing with it all just like in my head and yeah. there was no like out yeah. source of. So when you face this big transition at 22, like your, your world of sports has ended basically. Yeah. How, 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 what did, what did, where did you go to within yourself or, or within, you know, your community that, that like, caused you to move? How did you move forward from that spot? Well, when I first started having the issues, um, I mean, I've always been a dance, I've always been a dancer. So um, I started teaching dance. It kind of shifted me more to, because even with my knee injury, I could still dance and do, you know, I could still teach and perform and do those kind of things. So through that time, I was still doing performances and doing those things. So it just kind of shifted me more in that direction. Okay. So like, had you, had you been, a, are you a trained dancer? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had like, taken dance classes since I was three. So oh, I'm wow. trained in like, you know, tap jazz, ballet, modern, um, even some uh, light ballroom styles like flamenco. Like Sweet. I've taken a lot of different, yeah. Wow. See, so. I, I can't dance. <laughs> and I'm, am I too old to learn? Nope, you're never too old to learn. <laughs> never too old. And I believe I have seen somebody go from no rhythm to work. It just depends on how much you work at it. I'm uh, telling you, I believe everybody can now, dance. My sisters love to dance. I have three sisters and yeah. they just love to dance. And they're always trying to pull me onto the dance floor. And then I, I'll try, but you know, it's, it's ugly. You know, it's like. It's like, remember the Will Smith movie, The Date Doctor thing? I can't remember the name the of it. Sweat Hitch or something? Hitch. Hitch, yes. You remember the white dude in there that <laughs> yeah. he tries to teach to dance? And yeah, that, that's me. You know, I'm like, white guys can't dance, man. I don't know. Anyway. I understand. But I still have hope. You should. Like I, in, the, in the mirror by myself, I, I think I'm great. Yeah. You know, but anyway. Yeah, no, but dancing is all about, I love, one of the, my favorite things is when I see, if I'm out somewhere and I see somebody just, in their own zone, like just having a good time. Whether Doesn't they're good they or not. Be, yeah, whether they're good or yeah. not, they're just like, I'm enjoying myself and I love that. And I, I've i heard women say that too, like that, like even my sisters say that. Yeah. They say they don't care if a guy can't dance, if he goes for it and has fun, Yeah, they love that. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I suppose I just need to realize that's me and I just need to start going for it Yeah, a just, more you know, fully, be, accept, you know? accept who we There's are There's a here. couple of times where I've done that, but like not in Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> where I think somebody's gonna know me. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. gosh. I still struggle with it. I mean, even though I'm a dancer and that's what I do, like on the spot, I still am like, oh my God. <laughs> like yeah. if somebody's like, do something right now, I'm like, what? You know, like I, I wish I could dance like, like Justin Timberlake. Yeah. You know, but. It just, it's not I happening. <laughs> I, I understand. I, and I grew up, I mean, in the dance world, like back when I was coming up, especially when hip hop started becoming more popular, um, where I lived at the time, I mean, it was, you know, white, at the time, white women, white people couldn't dance at all. So for me to be able to dance, I was getting a lot of like, you know, where are you from? And so that's when 
the that's when the nickname came out because I always used to blame it on oh I'm Canadian so it must be my Canadian side that's mm -hmm. why I can dance mm -hmm. um, and then I got a lot of I got a lot of hate for it as well because um, a lot of people were like oh you're trying to be black or you're trying to be you know and I'm like I because I can dance so it was really weird because you know people didn't see it so people thought it was cool but then there was a there was a lot of people that were just like you're trying to be, you know, this, this, and that. So you could so. do hip hop freestyle kind of stuff. Is that, I don't know what the, if that's the right term even, but. Um. Well, yeah, like I'm, I'm, my strong point is choreography. Like I love creating and, and delivering like a piece. Mm -hmm. um, freestyle is probably my um, least favorite because I get in my, I'm a, I think in choreography. Okay. So freestyle is free. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? You're just moving to the music and like when I'm by myself, I can do it. Mm -hmm. But when eyes are on me, I start thinking too much because I want to be in choreography okay. mode, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, so like talk about the choreography and what you've, some of your projects you've worked on, some of the things you're maybe most proud of, like, and what style of dance are you, chore are you known for like in your choreography world? Um, I'm known for hip hop. That's what, um, that's pretty much all I've done. I've, I've um, worked with a ton of artists around Kansas City. Yeah, uh, Tell, give us some names. I mean, I've worked with Tech 9 I've worked with Chris Calico. Um, back when the GS boys were kind of popular, we shot a video for them. Um, I actually opened up for J. Cole um, and K. Michelle before like J. Cole was like blew up really big. And it was in Lawrence at the Granada at the, it was the 2003 Music Matters tour. So that was really cool um, doing that. Opened a lot of doors for me as far as like, I met quite a bit of people um, that I still kind of know. I mean, I'm, I know a lot of people in Kansas city, but like some of the environments that I've been in, it's part of the reason why I work pretty closely with like Chris Calico. Um, mm -hmm. now we did the rain dance we, video when mystical, we, we need to get some of these people on my podcast. Yeah, I'm Serious. sure Chris would probably love to. Uh, we, I, yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, write this down, Matt, because we'll 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 hit him up. And he just um, it, I'm trying to get I, I want to go for Tech Nine too. Actually, I, I have a couple of people that that know him that think that they can connect me to him. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Well, I definitely know. I mean, I'm there. Chris and Crystal are like family to me now. Like we've just gotten so close. Mm. And um, yesterday, or I think it was yesterday, the day before, they just celebrated because he when they broke off from Strange Music, um, they started his own label called okay. Earhouse. What is it called? It's called Earhouse. Like like your ear, mm -hmm. like your house. Okay. Yeah, like Earhouse. Okay. Um, and so he has his own label and he's making his own stuff and he's like mm. going out on his own and it's I'm so excited for him. Um, you know, we just recently did a, a speaking concert where he's talking about mental health and because you know that's something that he's openly struggled with and talks you know oh wow i really need to interview him then yeah i'm i really think chris would be a fantastic oh. interview oh that's cool yeah he's he's definitely helped me crystal's like a mentor to me um if i'm ever like going through uh, you know he she's like definitely if you talk to her it's like automatic like calm down hmm. she has that like vibe all the time <laughs> and i'm just like how do you do it yeah because she does the job of like so many people because she manages chris and then she's also you know they have two kids and and you know so it's just she's like a power woman yeah. i don't know how she does it and stays does so she calm. does she have well we we can i i can get her on or him you, on yeah both time. of them would yeah, be yeah. a fantastic right, yeah right, right would be a fantastic interview yeah cool 
All right. But yeah, so. So, so, you, so you're choreographing, uh, do, doing choreography for hip hop mm-hmm. and mostly locally here in Kansas City? Yeah, um, I've done, um, I actually, some of my favorite things to do, um, I work really closely with the, uh, the LGBT community. Um, I've worked with Casey Sunshine. Um, he, in the Midwest, Michael Jackson, we uh, started performing together, gosh, I want to say I was maybe 19 or 20 years old. Um, so we do pageants together. We've won titles together. Um, I've worked with uh, Widow Von Du, who was on RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, she, we've won some titles together. Uh, Regina LeRae, who was Miss Gay, uh, Missouri. Uh, I can't remember how many years ago, but we, we won that title together. Um, so I've done a lot of traveling. I've done a lot of really fun things like hmm. with that community. I love performing at Pride. Like it's, I love that community. Yeah. Like I have so much fun and their creativity and just, I, you know, people think drag queens are like, you know, just men that dress up as I'm just like, literally the things that yeah. they do, they dress me up as a drag queen and I was doing it for a fundraiser. And so I had to like, you know, do what they do and lip sync and then go around and take tips. And I'm like, I have a whole new respect for what you guys do. Huh. I was like, this is not easy to do what you do. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's so fascinating. You know, all that I've gone through the last three years, um, one of the things that I've, I've found so thankful for is that the, the LG, BT community. Some people I know there have been incredibly kind and gracious to me with, with all that I've gone through. And certainly there was plenty of room for people to judge me, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I just, I just got a lot of love and grace from that community and, and have developed some, I had some relationships in that community before, but Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say some of those relationships have grown really deep here in the last I, I mean, few you're, years. You're getting love from a community that needs the love right back. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they understand what it's like to be judged. And, and I mean, if, I mean, way, I can't, I try to be, I'm a very open person. I love, like, I don't judge anybody based on their lifestyle. I never have. Um, and I, I, I just think that nobody, I mean, you're not putting harm on yeah. anybody else by loving who you love or being like who you, want to be like yeah. so i just yeah well it's it's a lot of fun one of my one of the guys that i connected with here in kansas city that's become a a good friend is calvin arsenia mm-hmm. i don't know if you've bumped into him or not <laughs> so he's he's an african-american guy that um is not in the hip-hop world musically he's a mu- he's a musician but he yeah. plays a harp oh and uh and he does amazing work i mean he can do guitar and keys but his his main instrument is the harp that's fun but he can make he can he can make that thing sound like a guitar he can make it sound angelic he can make it you know and uh but yeah and and uh, and he he loves to you know he's gay and he loves to dress up in all different kinds of ways. Some of his videos are amazing. You mm-hmm. should, you guys should hook up a little bit, even though it's not a hip. Even though it's, Listen, it's I'm not open in the hip hop world. I, love, I played the cello, so I love all strings instruments. Yeah. I, I yeah. well, I love music. My dad's a my dad's a musician, so I love. I, I mean, I have a little bit of both sides, so I love huh. anything music. Yeah, um, but yeah, fun stuff. There, there's another. Uh, there's a drag queen in Ireland that. Um, 
and I'm blanking on her name. It's Panty. She goes by Panty something. I forgot okay. the full name of it. But uh, I, I bumped, I ran across, I have a, there's a gal I know, Dana Masters, who's an African-American uh, jazz singer who lives in Ireland and actually who's a backup singer for um, uh, Van Morrison. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, um, so, but she did an interview with this, uh, well, this gal in Ireland, this drag queen in Ireland has a real famous podcast in Ireland. Uh-huh. And and, the, and she had done an interview with my friend Dana uh-huh. Masters. And it was just, it was so much fun to hear them dialoguing and oh, talking and sure. all that kind of stuff. But I'm sure it was. Yeah. So I thought, huh, that'd be fun to get, get some different interesting people on here, you know. Gotta keep it interesting. I love people. Mm-hmm. Well, most of the time I love people. <laughs> but I like getting to know different people that aren't like me because I just, yeah. I love people's stories. Like I do too. Yeah. Yeah. So you're also, so, like you live in this creative world, mm-hmm. like you own your own businesses. Mm-hmm. What two or three different businesses that you own? Um, One. Well, two? right now I'm try- I'm actually like trying to um, we're 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 getting ready to announce the merger. Um, it's the company is three women. It's a women owned company called Avenue Blue. Um, so it's like uh, coordinating event planning services. But I'm trying to we're trying to create like a dream team of like an all in house. Um, you know, anything you would need for event, we have it here. So know. is this connected to the event thing that I, I saw on, on Instagram that you have called, what is it, a la carte something? Party a la carte was my, so that we're, I'm merging the party a la carte with Avenue Blue. Okay. Um, because uh, just getting into this business, I'm learning that, you know, I've, I've always been creative, but the business side of it and just kind of understanding more into it, like having a team is like really important. Um, you know, you can be as good as you want by yourself, but I think even people that are good by themselves, they have a team, you know, that helps them. So having these women with me that we work really well together, um, me being able to take my company, like the a la carte is basically like, you know, I, I love to be crafty. And so, you know, when, you know, if I need to build a, greenery wall or if you want a donut wall or something like I love to be able to make that you know I'm all my mom's famous phrase is I can make that like we always growing up you know she would make my Halloween costume she would make you know she was really crafty herself Hmm. Um, so I always joke around with her and I'm just like I always that's you Alice I'm like I can make that so I'd rather give me an idea like if somebody does an event you're thinking of like a wedding a birthday party what a shower those kind of events? Yeah, any, anything. If you can um, if you can think any event, we do absolutely and then, 100% like what's your event. what 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 what's your sweet spot for an event? You come in and do what? So, um, with the way that the team works is so Ashley is our organization queen. She is one of the most organized organized people I've ever met in my entire life. It's almost intimidating to somebody like me, but she kind of elevates me to be better with that. Um, Lexi is our in-house photographer and she has a background in um, interior design. So she, our two minds together, mm-hmm. we just go to town when it's time to, you know, kind of figure out the decor or kind of what they're mm-hmm. going for. Um, and then me, I'm like, oh, I did it, I tapped it. No, you're fine. <laughs> just just don't do it again. We gotta cut it. Um, and I'm, so I am the, you know, I definitely have the vision and then I'm the one that's like, 
when it's go time, it's go time. Like mm -hmm. I'm really good at adapting in like pressure situations too. If something needs to be figured out, like I'm like, okay, I just kind of step into that role really easily. So the three of us having those skills, mm -hmm. it's like a dream team. Like I've, it's really nice to work with people that I can trust, you know, cause that's the hardest part about mm -hmm. a business and like trusting other people to do, you know, how, what, how, what you would do. Because obviously like, you know, it being your company, you want that to be a representation of yourself. Right. And so having two other women that, um, and the other women that are underneath us, you know, with other services, I mean, I just feel like um, we're gonna take over the world, mm -hmm. you know? So somebody ha somebody picks an event space to have their event and you go into that space and you create the design, basically like the, event space design, set design, interior design, the theme, like if you, do you follow a theme typically? Some so kinda? we, so it, it would range. Like, so if you had like a scale of one to 10, so you have this, maybe you have somebody that comes and is like, I have no idea what I want to do, but this is, this is the event and I need to kind of figure out what that would be like full on planning services. So we're coming in there and we're helping you get all your vendors, all your everything. Like we're doing every single thing along the way. And then you can have like your, even Kate, like even you be connecting well, so people we don't, to catering um, and all yeah, that. Yeah, we can. Too, we or? have people that we can connect you with yeah. with in every part, and also you know making those kind of relationships with other local businesses. We love obviously working with local. Mm -hmm. We want to put more money in the pockets of the people that are in our community. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's room for everybody. Like. Mm -hmm. There's so many events that gets thrown. There's so many things like, and there's a lot of planning companies, yeah. but there's there's room for everyone, you know? So it's like, we're gonna help. We just wanna keep those positive relationships so that, you know, if somebody needs extra help or they, you know, they are booked one day, you know, mm -hmm. they send them our way, you know? So you have the one where you do the full and then you can go all the way to the other side where you meet with somebody and it's like, this is what I want. Okay. You know, like this is a theme, this is what I want. And then we make it happen. Okay. So it, there's a wide range of, it just kind of depends on the personality of who's throwing it. Yeah. Um, my favorite is when we get to come in and like, you know, they're like, this is kind of what I want. And they just kind of let us go to town. Um, but I love being able to deliver like visions. Yeah. And what are your, what, what type, what are your top three types of events that you usually do? Um, so when we are doing this merge, so Avenue Blue was originally, a, you know, a group of three women. One um, ended up leaving to go elsewhere. So they were more in the wedding world. Okay. Okay. Me, I'm more because of what I do. Um, I was more in just like events, like um, baby showers and uh, grand openings and things like that because of the people that I know. Okay. So now merging, now we're trying to, you know, I don't just want to be weddings. I don't just want to be, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right now our, our top booking is weddings. Okay. Um, day of coordination services. Right. Um, that would be our top. And then we're working on, um, we did an event for, you know, Chris Calico let us do his, uh, he had this speaking concert. And so we were able to come in and like create his VIP area for him and stuff. And so that was really fun. Okay. But weddings is definitely our top right now. We okay. definitely get booked for yeah. weddings. Yeah. And so, so for events, they, they're going to come to Blue Calico. I mean, Blue. Avenue, oh, Avenue, Blue, Blue. Avenue, Avenue Blue, sorry. Yes. Avenue Blue KC is like our- Avenue Blue KC, mm -hmm. all right. And then like where where do they go to, like if somebody is wanting to choreo 
they did they, they just know you personally or do you have another business for choreography so stuff? that would so avenue blue the idea is like um that would fall under the party the a la carte services so if somebody's looking for like i do um first dance lessons like i'm working with a couple brides right now um first just so that they kind of know what they're doing on their first dance wow um so it's just kind of incorporated in that i mean honestly okay. in that world as far as the choreography world people do know me so they do reach out to me personally for that okay um but as far as like with the events and stuff like that i love i mean let me choreograph a flash mob i'm ready to do it i just need somebody to book me for it because i love it i love the surprise i love people having fun people always have a good time when they do things like that so. very cool yeah so you're you're doing all of your work under this new banner then yeah i okay. i i feel like we set it up to where it's not like now that we're all a team it's kind of like we can keep it a little bit more organized okay. organization is one of my weaknesses because i am a very like bam 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 person mm -hmm. um so i'm super thankful for ashley because she is helping me kind of work with the cool these things so. yeah so you so but you you like to paint in your free time you like to do crafts you like to create you know visual space presentation like almost interior design you like to choreograph hip-hop where does all that creativity flow from where does that come from in in, in your world how, how do you access that is it something you just don't even think about it just comes naturally or is it something you've cultivated i think i've always been um i've always been creative um i've always been exposed to that as well because of the way that i grew up um my parents i mean they've been <laughs> my parents couldn't be more opposite <laughs> they're my mom is a small town like sports like you know type person my dad is a from Canada, musician, left home at 16, and that's what he did for his job. And how they've been married for 35, six years, something like that. Don't know. Yeah. But um, I think I got a really great balance um, of both of them. Um, obviously, with the the emphasis was on sports in the beginning of my life. Mm -hmm. Some parts of me wishes I would have maybe um, tried to the art world. I mean, cause I mean, I played the cello, but I had to give up the cello to play sports because you couldn't do both. Mm -hmm. um, but then later in life, getting to tap into my more creative side has been really fun because I just love it. Mm -hmm. I love being in any creative space. Like tech always jokes around when he sees me because I always have a huge smile on my face. Like, and he's just like, he calls me CBZ and he's like, CBZ's always smiling. And I'm like, yeah, because you guys are putting me in my element. Like, I love being able to come and do this kind of thing. And so, you know, being able to do it as like a career for the rest of my life when I hadn't, you know, I wasn't, I'm more like, I don't, obviously I want to make money, but my mental health and my happiness is very important to me yeah because i struggled majority of my life so now we're taking steps to make sure that mental health is like taking it's definitely like top three priority yeah for sure that's cool well you know i it's been interesting because like um i i never really saw myself as a creative type you know i always thought about musicians and 
you know, dancers, performers, artists, you know, those kind of things like pastors, not, not so much, you know, like, I mean, but then I, I read a book years ago, uh, called steal like an artist by Austin Cleon. And he had the idea that everybody's creative and, and it was a simple little book. Uh, in fact, I could give you a copy before you leave today because I, I bought boxes of these and gave them gave them away to people in my church because I yeah. thought this is cool. Yeah, like like it, he had ten simple things about how to stir the create the creativity in you. And I think I think it was at that point that I started realizing that you know, and this is kind of this is kind of how I see, like I see spirituality and creativity almost the same stream, mm-hmm. and I I say spirituality broadly is like connection to self others and something greater than you whatever that is something Mm -hmm. transcendent you know and so so i don't know creativity seems to to flow into people from places they're not sure of sometimes you know like where does this come from well i mean it can come it's within them but some people almost feel like they they channel it sometimes you know Mm -hmm. it's almost like so you know you think about you know, like even in like in the Bible, you know, you, the first story is about creativity, you know, creation, and like, and so then if we're made in the image of God, then there, well, aren't we co-creators in some capacity? You know, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and so I so then I, I bumped into a book recently by a gal named Julia Cameron called The Artist's Way. And her book actually came out in the 90s, and I don't know why I never found it, but I never did. But um, she she was a gal. She used to be married to Martin Scorsese. Oh, wow. She was, she was huge. She wrote for uh, Rolling Stone. She was a scriptwriter. She was in, in kind of that, the movie and theater world, I guess, and so and an author. But then she got she had to go through recovery herself, um, and so then she kind of applied the principles of recovery to blocked artists. And then she wrote this book called the, the artist way. And I didn't realize it's been, it's, it's gone all over the world. It's influenced millions of people. Uh, the gal that wrote eat, love, pray said that would never, never have existed if it weren't for Julia Cameron's oh, really? book. And you know, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Elizabeth Gilbert is it. And anyway, it's so, so she's, she's influenced, <laughs> she's helped people become creative all over the world. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and if you read her stuff, it, it's like, you see where spirituality and creativity kind of almost like the same stream, yeah. you know? And so I started seeing my recovery as a creative recovery and, and, uh, it's been kind of fun that way. And I realized the way I mashed up, like when I would teach something from the Bible, I would, I'd mix it with pop culture and mix it with history and mix it with, you know, music and sort of mash up a, a, a talk. And I realized that the way I did that was creative and the way I tried to build community was creative and the way I love nature was creative and the way, and that, that's all a big part of my spirituality as well. So when I talk to artists, you know, and I, I don't know, I, I just, I like to kind of explore that. Where does your creativity come from? Where does it flow from? How do you nurture it? Do you ever feel blocked? Yeah. If you feel blocked, how do you, how do you unblock it? Yeah, I, that's something that I haven't, I try to take myself away from it when I blocked. Cause I mean, every, every artist or creative has had a block before. And I think it's just me trying to overthink it. And so I try to 
get away and like go do something completely else and then like come back to it. Kind of like when I'm overthinking a situation, you know, overthinking something, I try to just be like, okay. I tell my kids when I'm teaching them, I'm like, um, when they're trying to do it too hard, I'm like, quit thinking about it. I'm like, let's move on and we're gonna come back to it. Because sometimes it's really just, I mean, because your mental has such a huge capacity to like take over your emotions and, and like what you do with your body. Mm-hmm. And with a lot of different things. I mean, that's why I think like mental health is super, you know, the tie between emotions and and what how we react because mm-hmm. of these emotions and people are just like, oh, well stop thinking like that. Well, it's a very powerful hold when you're, you know, dealing with this up here. Yeah. So I definitely, it's like kind of like you need to quit thinking about it, like take a step back and then mm-hmm. like come back to it. Cause I've had blocks a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, let, let's, let's talk. Cause the other thing I think, I think about creativity as a sort of a spiritual path, but I also think about mental health as a spiritual path because that's self-awareness. It's mm-hmm. learning self-compassion. It's learning, you know, how to overcome your past hurts and wounds and all those kind of things. And like, um, so to me, even, even that mental health journey yeah. is a, is a spiritual journey as well. How, how did you, you, you just said it was like one of your top three things. Oh yeah. How, how did that happen? How did that come about? Um, it was really just, uh, the environment that I was in and all the bad choices that I made in my twenties. Um, I was drinking a lot and that is how I cope with things because I'm a social person. So I'm a social coper is what I call it. Mm. Um, when I'm dealing with things, uh, I wasn't, you know, we were, I was raised to keep it in. You know, the first thing you show your child when they start crying and you tell them to go to your room is I don't want to see your emotion. So that was how I kind of grew up. So I was always like, okay, well, we're tough. Like we just kind of push it down. So when I don't want to deal with that, I go around people because I'm a really good masker of how I feel uh, as far as if I'm struggling. Now my facial expressions, if I don't like somebody or something like that is a little different, but (laughs) when it's something that I'm struggling with in here, I, you know, um, would drink and being a bartender for 12 years, um, I would drink a lot. There was a period of my life where I was probably drinking six nights a week. some situations I put myself in, I don't know how I'm still here. Uh, I got really lucky, really lucky. Um, I think, you know, unfortunately I got in trouble with the law, you know, drinking and driving. I thought I was the best drunk driver ever. Um, I got a felony attached to my name, which has affected what I, my path in life. Cause I at one point wanted to go back to school and be a teacher, but where I want to teach is not going to hire a felon. Um, so I kind of hit this point and it was the people that were surrounding me because it was like, Oh, Tori's so much fun. Like I'm having this great time. I'm feeling like these people are my friends, you know, but then I start going through all my stuff and I can't go out all the time and I can't do this and I can't do that. And I started really seeing like, I don't have any friends. Mm-hmm. Everybody just likes me cause I'm fun. Um, and I had to really take a hard look at the people that were around me. And uh, I connected with some people that um, really started making me take a look at the things. Um, I will say it was affecting my relationship. Um, 
and I started pulling back on the drinking and I started going through these like uh, my friend Tina is a she's a master's in nutritional science and she lives a holistic lifestyle and so I started kind of listening to the things that she was doing and getting into that and it was a lot of self-awareness it was a lot of taking time it was a lot of you know started going to therapy um, I swear by therapy I think that everybody could do good from therapy mm -hmm. um, and I just really started trying to take the accountability for myself like for the ways that I was coping because I was always making excuses for it mm. and all the things that I struggled with and you know ruining my career and that was like I hold on to I have a lot of like emotions towards that mm -hmm. but I'm you know learning how to be okay with it if mm -hmm. you know yeah um, so it's a constant battle. I mean, it's an active choice to to do that. Mm -hmm. And at any point you can, it's almost like, a re, you know, at any point you could relapse and go to a bad place. Yeah. So it is an active choice every day to try to take the steps and, and do the things that are gonna keep you going yeah. in that that positive direction. Yeah, that's good. What, um, do, when you went to therapy, do you know what, do you know what therapy model that your therapist worked out of? Was it, uh, was it a particular type of therapy? Like, you know, like there's cognitive behavioral therapy and there's internal family systems and there's um, um, there's dial DBT, they call dialectical behavioral therapy. There's a lot of models out there and some people just use a blend of things. And I probably wanna say, I don't know if it's like a specific style. Um, one of the reasons why Tina was actually the one that um, recommended the therapist mm -hmm. and I decided to go. Um, I really liked the vibe like she's very, um, you know, very free spirited and I like that like, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't want to go to, you know, and you see like on the movies and like when they go to their therapy, I'm just like, I don't want to be in that kind of setting, you know, so it was a house in Westport that they have their offices in and it's a very relaxed environment. And I just really, um, she wouldn't take um, insurance clients because she said that uh, that was the hard part was the, was the money because it's, you know, I mean, therapy is not cheap. Uh, and uh, she said that she doesn't work with insurance clients because she wants to work with people that really want help. Because yeah. sometimes insurance clients, like they have to do it for like their divorce or their, what you know whatever they mm -hmm. have going on mm -hmm. and so she's like i want to work with people that really are seeking like mm -hmm. to make themselves better which i like i mean i don't like as far as the pocketbook goes but you know right um she's definitely her name's lily lily dawson she's fantastic awesome awesome yeah well that's been a part of my journey for sure and uh i've worked with a couple of therapists over the last three years and yeah, I, I, I recommend it for, for everybody. Absolutely. And I do think that, you know, learning, you know, how to, how to frame up your past, how to look at your hurts, your disappointments, how, how your past has influenced the way you relate to people, the way you relate to yourself, you know, the way you relate to, you know, something that's transcendent. It, all of that plays into our our health, our spiritual growth, our becoming, you know, the best person that we can be. And so that's been, that's been a huge, huge part of my journey as well. And I, I, I see that as part of a spiritual journey as well. I, 
I think people who've gone through that process of, you know, they just learn, they grow, they learn about themselves, they become, they, they, you know, they deal with their own stuff better, but they also relate to other people in a healthier way as well, I think so. Yeah, I see people all the time that I, you know, used to run with or know, I mean, because like I said, I've been all over, like either between bartending or performing or, you know, working with different people. I know quite a few people in Kansas City and I just see some people that I'm just like, they're just stuck in, you know, this, it's like a cycle for them. And yeah, it is an active choice that you have to make to take a look at it and make changes because I mean, I could probably sit in that same, you know, I could be a career bartender and everybody can, you know, I could do all these things and, and, but it would just put me right back in like a toxic mm-hmm. spiral for me. Mm-hmm. So changing, you know, retiring from the bar and, and going into, you know, Avenue Blue has really been helpful because both of the girls that I work with, they, you know, mental health is important and we yeah. all recognize that. And so it's important that we have that same like, that's belief cool. system so i like it I like um, it. yeah so how do people connect with avenue blue where, where do they go to um they can so we have we have a facebook we have an instagram um we also have a website avenuebluekc.com okay um so it's pretty pretty simple you know, you know message we respond you know we have uh email um, but yeah, our website is up. They all, I think they always have the link on there. I just got onto all the social medias, so I'm learning cause I'm technology challenged. Yeah. Me and you both. <laughs> right. So, I need all the help I can get. So yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. We're pretty easy. We're, um, we also, you know, if somebody's like interested in maybe like what we have to offer, because we do have quite a bit to offer, we always offer, you know, if somebody wants to set up like a 30 minute call or zoom mm-hmm. or even meet at a coffee shop you know because i think part of it is also the personal connection you make because you know with what we do i think it's important with you know the client to it'd be very easy to talk to i can usually tell pretty quick if like it's not going to be a good fit yeah you know but so we offer those just so we can kind of get a feel and they can add, and you know they can ask any questions that they want and kind of get a better idea for what cool. we do and what they need. Awesome. Well, tell tell us a little because my audience knows Matt. Yeah. And uh, you were you were before we got going on this interview, you were telling me about a project, how you met Matt, and how you and this. Tell us about that. That was kind of fun to hear. Matt is probably the coolest person I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, we met when our paths crossed um, on a collabed photo shoot for, for my dance team and uh, former friends of mine, um, clothing company, he had like a lot of retro clothes. And so we did, he did the photography and the videography for that. And then I had a last minute project come up for the Chiefs um, and Fox 4. And I was like, oh my God, who can do this? And so I reached out to Matt and I was like, listen, cause it was all coming out of my pocket and I'm n- nowhere near, you know, well, I'm gonna get there, we're getting there. But at the time, I mean, it was like so last minute and I was just like, listen, I need help. And he was like, listen, I, I, let's do this. I'm excited, let's do this. So he was on board with being the videographer for this, it, you know, it was basically like a chief's hype video. So we took 
Red Kingdom, and then it's called Big League by OT Genesis. And then we, at the time, it was Chris Calico's new song called Run It Back. And so since that was kind of the vibe for uh, the Chiefs that year, Run It Back, we mixed all that together. Um, we had three rehearsals, two hours a piece, if everyone showed up. Union Station let us in um, six o'clock in the morning. We had we all had to be there because we had to shoot everything before the general public came in. So it was very high pressure situation. And Matt was just like, okay, what shot do you want next? Let's do it. Okay, yeah. He just like the whole day, everything went probably as good as it could have gone um, with the exception of me forgetting a scene that we needed to shoot. So we had like- We got it. We did it, and that's what I'm saying. We did it, and like, I think then, we should drop that video in, you know? I be absolutely, fun. because if you knew all the work that went into it, all the people that gave me their time and their effort, and and Matt was like, I'm like, listen, we need it by this time. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, uh, I don't can't remember what time we were on the phone, well, and we I'm. To get there, we got to Union Station, or I got there to do drone footage outside at five. Yeah, and then the news station needed it by twelve thirty. Like, so it was like a couple hours turnaround. Yeah, literally. And it was so, it was, it, I mean, just the fact that he did it and like the shot, like the, even that shot, my favorite shot is at the end when you got the lights coming off on Union Station. I was like, I can't, I was like, I'm, I mean, I swear, I'm always like, if any, I have any time I have a project or whatever, I'm always like, I always recommend Matt just because I appreciate people that like, he, I explained to him, cause I'm a, I try to be a very transparent person. Like I'm not, I'd like to be upfront because if it's not gonna work for you, like just let me know and then, you know, I'll move on. But he's always like, yes, let's, you know, let's do it. He loves to work on like passion projects and, you know, and he just cares like, and he's really easy to work with. Mm -hmm. Like he takes, you know, he has his vision and I respect like, cause he's the one with the camera. You know, but then he takes like my my vision that I'm kind of seeing and like he just, you know, he pulled it together and that video for what it, I mean, it was fantastic, so. Yeah, yeah and like for, for videos, like probably how many minutes was that like? A minute, I don't know. It was like a minute, well, so a little over. Yeah. Like Chris's part was, I think right at like 70, uh -huh. The whole thing together was like two or three, wasn't it? Like the, the whole routine? Something, I mean, I you know, I've got it. Yeah, I've got yeah. it on here. <laughs> like, yeah, no, but people who haven't worked behind the scenes on a on a video like that yeah. don't realize. There's so much work that goes, goes into it. into those yeah. things, you know? It's definitely. Yeah, yeah, just for a couple just of minutes. For that. We barely made it work. Yeah. We barely did. I was free, listen. It's so I went to snooze afterward and I had, I don't know how many breakfast shots because I'm like, we're done. <laughs> we're done with this. <laughs> so, oh, man. Well, cool but it was stuff. great. I was, it was fantastic. And then Chris asked me, it was really cool. He wanted to use um, the portion that we shot for the run it back. He wanted to use it as his official video for it. So that's awesome. That was pretty cool too. I was cool pretty stuff. happy about that. Yeah. All right. Well, man, thanks for joining us on Spirituality Adventures. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for me. all the uh, fun, creative things that you do in Kansas City and how you uh, make all these events uh, 
go so much more beautifully. You know, it's I like it's to be fabulous. Great stuff. If you're going to yeah. give me opportunity to think big, I'm thinking big. Yeah. We're going to be extra. That's so. fun. That's fun. All right. Well, thanks, Tori, so much. And uh, people can connect with you at what's your website again? It's avenuebluekc.com. Avenuebluekc.com. Thanks mm-hmm. for joining. Or on Instagram, avenuebluekc. Same okay. thing. Okay. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Spirituality Adventures, and we'll see you next time. Kansas City! You ready? You ready? Three, two, one, go! Welcome to the Red King! Number 58 is DT the great and we flaunt it Hate and we shun it No competition, the opposition fake I don't think they really want it Loud is the recipe, loud sitting next to me, no doubt Now we are proud that we get to see KC Chiefs come and break these geeks Make them taste these cleats Welcome to the Red concludes today's episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Remember to like, share, or subscribe to the social media platform that you're using. And then go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, and make a one-time donation. Or you can subscribe monthly and receive our special bonus content. Thanks so much.